on today's episode of Diving In. I think I was kind of in a place where I was unsure where to go next with that cheese plate and just kind of looking outward for inspiration instead of kind of looking within and feeling what feels right. Um, And it resulted in a lot of negative self-talk and just plain convincing myself that people didn't like what I was doing anymore. Just because I'd post a photo that I thought was so great and it wouldn't get as many likes as it used to. And before I realized that this is a literal machine I'm working against, I took it really personally, which is fair, you know, and it it's not not fun, not easy. Welcome to Diving In, a podcast aiming to explore the deeper themes behind the entertainment and content creation industries. I'm Leslie Mosier. And I'm Marissa Mullen. Let's dive in. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to Diving In. Today we are doing a deep, deep dive into the world of the TikTok and Instagram algorithms. Instagram has changed their feed so you can choose now between following chronological order, which was like the good old days that everyone always talks about. You can also select a list of favorites to follow. So, you know, your top, top favorite friends and creators. And also you can go back to the homepage, which is the original algorithm that exists now. And this is the one that a lot of people have problems with because content isn't prioritized like it used to be. You know, like you'll post something as a creator Not many people will see it. It won't show up on the feed. So hopefully this new algorithm will change the way in which people consume content, but only time will tell. Yeah, I don't, I never know what to think. It's always something that it takes time to see if it actually benefits creators or just people using the app in general. Um, I always get like a pit in my stomach when I see a change because you just don't know what is going to happen and how it's going to relate to like the content that you're sharing. Um, All I know is that from the time I started Instagram and you started Instagram and now it is a completely different experience when it comes to the amount of people seeing our content and it's frustrating and it's scary and it's something that I think all creators and just people in general are feeling the weight of. I I am definitely very interested to see what chronological will feel like because that was like kind of the golden days of Instagram when you would really see everything that you were following. Um, So it's something to keep our eye on and something to watch. But this episode was very cathartic (laughs) to work through and talk through um, just because, you know, you don't realize how much a machine like social media can kind of run your day-to-day life when you're using it as a tool for your business. But um, yeah, it's a really, really important topic that we dive into. I mean, it's something that all of us use, whether you're relying on Instagram or just social media in general as your business or for, you know, sharing moments with friends and family. It's something that affects us mentally. And I'm just excited to share this info with you guys. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Diving In. I am very excited about this episode today. Leslie, I know you and I both have talked about this in depth, but today we are diving into the algorithm. Dun, dun, dun. What, a, what a word. It, I mean, it kind of invokes like a, a creepy crawly feeling. It's like there's just it's it's like the all powerful <laughs> algorithm. Yeah, it's like the unseen machine that we're all up against in this world of content creation. Yes. It's, I mean, it rules our, you know, unfortunately, and we'll get into this, but our emotions, depending on how a piece of content does, it, you know, shows us who we see, even if we don't want to see them that day. Um, It determines a lot. And it's something that should be talked about and discussed the pros and cons of it when in this age, it's such a big thing. Yeah, it's crazy. And also, did you see the uh, the metaverse coming oh, yeah. out? I mean, at this yeah. point, when this comes out, the metaverse will probably already be something that we live in. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> it's it's um, it's like we're living in a Black Mirror episode. And I always talk to Rob about this on how you know it's going to happen. It's it's kind of the trajectory that everything is on. But I think if we stay grounded and stay very aware 
of like the reality of it all because it's so easy to get swept up and like, oh, this is normal. Oh, this mm-hmm. is just, you know, it's like, no, this is not normal. You know, there's a lot of, you know, subliminal things happening that we might not quite realize. But like the more we kind of call it what it is, I think it can help with our anxiety and just dealing with it on a day-to-day basis. Oh, definitely. And just getting off the screens. You know, you're only sucked mm-hmm. in when you're on the screens. <laughs> oh, my God. When I'm not on my phone, I don't even think about it. Yeah. It's and easy. It's, to, like, it's easy to disconnect, but it's so hard at the same time. But that's the crazy thing with this virtual reality is that I just saw a video that Zuckerberg and we won't get in. I know it's such a polarizing thing like Mark Zuckerberg, and I don't want to ever really get into anything that's just super political. But I saw a video and he was explaining what the virtual reality metaverse would look like and it would recreate your house so you could be in virtual reality on goggles like wearing goggles and you would be in your house but you can change the setting so like looking out my own window in the metaverse i would be like in hawaii but it would still be my house and then i could have anyone who i wanted there and it's just like, oh my gosh, that my first, the first thing that came out of my mouth is like anxiety and depression are going to go so far up because then we're going to take off our goggles and be like, oh, man, the, my house sucks without the view of Hawaii. <laughs> the first thing that comes to my mind is Wally. We're all yeah. going to turn into those like people who are just molded to their chairs, eating corn with the VR glasses on, like just it's true. Blobs. It's like, let's just try to not get too sucked in. But yeah. On this episode, we want to talk about it because it is so addicting and it does really affect your mental, emotional state when you are a content creator, if you are not too, you know, in any way, you can just be a user on social media and Mm -hmm. it still affects you. Um, And so if we want to talk about what the Instagram algorithm is, so we're going to cover the Instagram algorithm and the TikTok algorithm, because I feel like they're both similar, but slightly different. Um, And those are kind of like the two main worlds that we work in. So I know Mm -hmm. there's all different types of algorithms out there. I mean, at the basis, an algorithm is just a a machine's way of communicating in a sense. Um, But the Instagram algorithm defined is dictates the order of posts that users see when they're scrolling through their feed based on specific signals. It prioritizes the best post pushing the most relevant ones towards the top and giving them the most visibility while other content ends up being placed further down. So there's a few different ranking signals in the algorithm of Instagram. Number one is interest. So you're likely interest in the content based on your engagement with similar topics. So if you liked a photo of Doug the Pug, he's probably going to come up more on your Instagram feed. Um, Timeliness. So more recent posts are prioritized over older ones. The Instagram algorithm used to be chronological, which I felt like was a lot better because you can see everyone's posts as you scroll down. Now you'll be scrolling and see one from two days ago and then one from an hour ago and then one from 10 minutes ago. And so that's always like like we could touch on that, too, because that as a content creator or even just as a user of Instagram, it really messes with your head when you post something and you're like, oh, my engagement is not good. Like this, you know, I spent all this time on this photo and then two days later, you look back at it, you've kind of put it in the back burner and you look at it and you're like, wait, it actually, it actually did great. And here you are for the past few days thinking about how, what, what could I have done better? What, what happened there? And it's, yeah. And they don't listen to us. Everyone has been saying for years now, like bring back chronological order. It's Mm -hmm. like, give us what we want. Yeah. As many of our listeners know by now, I have endometriosis and recently underwent a big excision surgery for it. Two of my biggest and most important parts of healing have been my nutrition and stress, and not to mention getting enough protein, which is super hard when you're recovering from surgery and just, you know, everyday life. Did you know that the word protein comes from the Greek word proteos, which means of prime importance? Protein is super important. Organifi has made it so easy and convenient to help my inflammation and make sure that I am getting enough protein. All of their products are organic and glyphosate-free. Super important. 
I've personally been drinking the Organifi Gold every day. It's so good, which has soothing ingredients and promotes rest and relaxation, a healthy immune response, and a healthy response to stress. I also put the Organifi Complete Protein in my smoothies, which is an organic vegan protein powder and multivitamin with digestive enzymes. It has 20 grams of protein, all in one delicious, easy-to-mix shake. I've been healing so well, and I'm so grateful for these products, and they're just so good. I truly have them every single day. You can take 20% off all Organifi products by using the code DIVINGIN at Organifi.com or go to Organifi.com slash DIVINGIN. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. I hope you guys love these products as much as I do. Um, another thing is the frequency. So how often you use Instagram factors into what top posts in your feed will be. So for example, you open up Instagram twice a day, they're going to prioritize like the most important posts they possibly can to get you sucked in. Whereas if you're opening Instagram 17 times a day, everything, every time you open it, a different post will pop up. Um, and it probably will cycle through all these different elements of interest, relationship, timeliness. Uh, another one is following. So how many people you follow affects what you see. You may see less content from any one account. If you follow a lot of accounts, that's kind of um, makes sense. And then usage. So spending more time on the app scrolling through Instagram feed means you'll see more um, or even everything the algorithm has you to offer at the moment. So again, too, you've been noticing, I've been noticing with the Instagram algorithm, you scroll, you get to the end of your feed of friends, and then it gives you like an explore page. And they just mm-hmm. want to keep having you scroll and keep keeping you on the app because that's where they can target you with ads and make money. At the end of the day, it's all about money. Right. And it's so frustrating when you realize just how much better your posts could be doing if you were to put ad dollars into it. I know that's really a big thing on Facebook. Um, they've severely impacted just Facebook engagement without ad dollars. For example, I'll just go back to 2016, 2017 with Doug the Pug. We would range anywhere from 100,000 to 150,000 likes per post. That was our average. Killing it. Facebook, you know, was very, very um, content creator friendly when it came to your posts. And then as soon as they started introducing ad things, it dwindled down and down and down. And oh, that was Doug coughing. Uh, he's really angry about the algorithm. Um, And it's crazy how when we do a post and there are some ad dollars into it, it reaches way more people. Mm -hmm. So they they truly are like the puppet masters controlling what you see, when you see it, who you're following, and even like down to creepy things. Like if you like remember someone from five years ago and you're like, oh, what are they up to? all of a sudden you start seeing them on your feed like every day. Yeah. And I feel like TikTok especially does that. Their algorithm is so tailored to interests. It's insane. Um, We'll get to TikTok eventually Mm because we have a lot to say on that. But continuing with Instagram, you know, I, I agree. And I feel like with Instagram back when it was chronological, it just felt a lot more user-friendly. It felt less like a walking advertisement. It felt Mm -hmm. like it was a community of people wanting to share and post photos and, you know, be creative with it. Um, And the thing with Instagram too, which we've talked about in the past, it's now kind of turned into this highlight reel where everything needs to be perfectly curated. There's so much branding going on. There's so many sponsored content, sponsored posts, and I'm guilty for doing them too, because that's how I make my money. But I miss that like true creativity of Instagram and the community that we've cultivated because of Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that cheese plate started on Instagram. I just made an account for fun, grew it naturally over time, and we're programmed to learn how this algorithm works. So it's like back in the day, 2016, 2017, you'd post a photo, everyone would see it on their feed, you'd get a certain amount of likes and comments, and that's your base in your mind. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. people like this post, they like this content. And this content equals this amount of likes. So that's the amount that I need to feel validated. Then we fast forward to now. You don't get a ton of likes on a post because not a lot of people see it because you're not putting ad dollars behind it. So that being said, if you don't recognize that, you just see it as, oh, my post sucks. I suck. 
I'm not good enough. People aren't caring anymore. And it turns into this like mental spiral and it's not healthy. Yeah. And the amount of times, and I know we've talked about this, but you know, you take a photo in an organic life moment, you know, not related to work or what we do or, you know, is trying to sell something or just the brand. You have an organic life moment and it's like a moment of true happiness. And then you're like, no, I'm not going to share this on Instagram today because that wouldn't do well. Mm-hmm. And it's such a mind fuck. Yeah. Because, you know, you're presenting yourself as the ultimate version of yourself. It's so curated now mm-hmm. and we're all guilty of it and it's okay. Like that it is expected. It's like it it's ingrained in all of us now at this point. But like trying to move away from that, I I know on my personal Instagram lately, I've been just kind of more in like a, all right, screw it. I'm just going to post, you know, me and just be as authentic as I can be. Because for a while I was posting, you know, trying to be in cool places and cool outfits and like do all these things. And the algorithm awarded that. And then as soon as the pandemic hit and we weren't traveling as much or, you know, it was more just our life at home, it's like, doesn't do as well. And now I'm just at this point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to care as much about, you know, what's going to do well. It's more about like the energy that I'm putting into that photo, the energy that was happening when that photo was taken, like that's what should matter. And that's what does matter. But going back to us having brands that cheese plate and Doug the pug, we don't have that luxury all the time. We have to do what, you know, what gets us the best engagement. Our engagement matters to get us branded content and sponsorships. So it's just like a constant fight of like what you know is right versus what the machine knows is right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard. Yeah, it's it's so hard. It does feel like it's an endless battle against a machine because it literally yeah. is. And going to that point, it's like, I so badly want to be like, I don't care. I'm just going to go post whatever the hell I want, like ditch my phone for a week, go sit in the woods and just not touch my phone screen at all. Um, but that's not the reality of my life right now because I set up a job that is heavily based on Instagram and TikTok and social media in general. So you need to maintain posting frequency. You need to maintain interacting with your community because that helps engagement. And like you said, engagement equals ad dollars. It's it's like any other business. But with this, you know, there's not a lot of control we have in this day and age because of how um, masterful, masterfully tailored this algorithm is these days. And I was thinking about this in terms of psychology because a friend of mine went through a breakup and she was telling me how her um, ex-boyfriend was love bombing her and doing something called breadcrumbing. Have you heard of this term in a relationship? I have. So the definition of breadcrumbing is the act of sending out flirtatious but noncommittal social signals, i.e. breadcrumbs, in order to lure a romantic partner in without expanding much effort, followed by a love bombing. So this is someone when you, you know, you're talking to someone, there's no commitment yet. Um, they go on a date with you. They give you all of their attention and love. They send you flowers the next day. You're totally hooked in. And then they slowly fade and give you maybe like two answers a day via text. One answer a day via text. They'll heart a text. They won't talk to you for a day. Yeah. And then the second that you feel like you're done, you're like, I can't do this anymore. They love bomb you again. And they're like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to, da, 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 and suck you back in. This is really common in dating, especially with um, people who are afraid of commitment and don't want to fully take that leap. Um, but it's super unfair to the person on the other side who is trying to you know, have a normal relationship. But it reminds me a lot of this new algorithm because especially with Reels. So Reels are basically TikTok's or Instagram's way of competing with TikTok, short form videos. And in the beginning, when reels were first announced, every reel you did would get pushed out to everyone. You know, it would, you know, highest engagement. I would, in the beginning, my reels were reaching like half a million views, which was great for me. Yeah. And they're a lot more work than a photo. You know, you have to record the video, you have to edit the video, you add captions, you add voiceovers, you add music. It really, it takes a lot more effort than just taking a simple photo. 
And so that's great. You're getting rewarded for that by having Instagram push this out into their algorithm. However, in recent days, months, uh, it's shifted a little bit and the real counts are much, much lower. And they're kind of operating on the same way that TikTok does. And again, this is just observation. I don't have pure facts that this is the algorithm, but just from being on it all the time, I just have noticed these patterns. But what they do is they will kind of lower your views on your reels. And it's pretty frustrating because you put in all this time editing this video, putting this video out. And the second you're like, I'm fed up with this, you'll post a reel and it will go viral. And it sucks Mm -hmm. you back in. TikTok is notorious for this. Yep. They, it's like every six weeks, TikTok will give you a viral video. Or if you make a new account on TikTok, one of your first few videos will go viral or at least semi-viral because they love bomb you. They are breadcrumbing. The Mm -hmm. algorithm is breadcrumbing us (laughs) and it's so messed up. And it's such a crazy feeling to know that when you post a video, it's kind of like in the hands of like a person choosing whether or not it goes viral. Like- you but know, then it's like, could, is it a person or is it the machine? The machine. Who's behind it? Like, I don't know. Who's the puppet master? It's so interesting. With the Reels thing, I believe we were actually contacted by Instagram in the beginning, like asking us to be one of the first people to use it. And I think our first, let me check how much, because it's the same exact thing. We were like, oh my God, this is our new thing reels yeah. we're, we're gonna put all of our time into reels and there's a lot 30, of new creators oh, go ahead our one of our first reels that they asked us to like premiere reels on as a partner 30.9 million views holy crap all right now a few hundred thousand yeah and so we will never feel Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe they will breadcrumb us. But <laughs> every time you're like, oh, you post it. And like you said, it is so much more work. Mm-hmm. I know you probably get it. We always get it. People that just assume that what we do is, you know, taking a little photo or video and just throwing it up on the internet and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, guys, like those, those views, those likes, those comments are like, incredibly important for our career and so to know that there's something just controlling it like a puppet um i mean you even look at people who youtube for example youtubers from six years ago who were getting 10 to 20 million views per video now they'll struggle to get fifty thousand, and it's like the algorithm has almost just moved on to Mm -hmm. other people and it's not that the quality of their content has changed. It's not that they're not even relevant anymore. They are, but it's like, you're just, you feel like you're hitting a wall and you're fighting. And it's really, I mean, I would love to talk about how it affects us mental health wise, because it's definitely something you and I talk about and express our frustrations over. And it's something that I've had many a chats with my therapist about just because, you know, I don't want my worth to be associated with something that feels like a fake number. Yeah. And I feel like that's definitely a good segue to go into before we talk about TikTok because TikTok, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with. Instagram, I'm just frustrated with all the time. Um, But TikTok, (laughs) like the algorithm understands what I want to see. So when I'm scrolling on it, I actually feel like it's helpful for my mental health. But then- With TikTok too, like I wasn't a creator who started there. So I only use TikTok as like, oh, this is a fun new platform that I can have my brand on, but I didn't fully rely on it to be my main source. And I still don't really do TikTok sponsored content ever. Mm -hmm. So for me, TikTok almost feels more like it's fun and I can just post whatever on it. And same with the actual content that's on there. It's less of that highlight reel. It's more authentic content. Um, We'll get into how the TikTok algorithm works after this, but I completely agree. I think, you know, especially with this whole highlight reel of Instagram, it has huge effects on your self-image, self-confidence. You know, even if you aren't a content creator, someone who's just a normal user on Instagram, you're scrolling through these photos. And we talked about this in another episode, but it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. Um, And for me, like with 
charcuterie boards, cheese plates, they are a huge trend right now. And I see creators who have blown up because of reels and in the charcuterie space. So there was one person who back in, you know, right when reels were announced, um, she just started using them every single day, which was a smart move on her part for sure. And I slowly saw her just every video become viral. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be doing that. Why didn't I do that? And you get in your head and you get to be so self-critical about it. And at the end of the day, it's like both of our content is great. It's like not one is better than the other, but she played the game right. And she entered at the right time to get this this real trend when it was picking up. But now, as we said, the reels aren't doing as well as they used to in engagement. So hers is slowing down. Um, I still feel like I, I've had a consistent amount of growth over the past two years or so, but um, still not as like the engagement's not as high as it used to be at all. And it's like also makes you feel self-conscious because you're like, well, I have this many followers. I should be getting this much engagement. And then you see another influencer who, or, you know, content creator who gets such high engagement and you're like, well, what am I doing differently from them? You know? Um, so that really does affect me personally. It did a lot earlier this year. Um, I think I was kind of in a place where I was unsure where to go next with that cheese plate and just kind of looking outward for inspiration instead of kind of looking within and feeling Mm -hmm. what feels right. Um, And it resulted in a lot of negative self-talk and just plain convincing myself that people didn't like what I was doing anymore just because I'd post a photo that I thought was so great and it wouldn't get as many likes as it used to. And before I realized that this is a literal machine I'm working against, I took it really personally, which is fair, you know, and it it's not not fun, not easy. Yeah, I mean, I completely relate with everything you just said. Um, it's impossible not to take it personally when it's something that you put literally your heart and soul into, and it's like become an outer limb of yourself, essentially. Um, and I think we just have to kind of stay true in what made us start our accounts in the first place, and just posting things that. You know, for me, it's like sharing moments of Doug that just can make people happy. And for you, it's sharing cheese plates that can bring togetherness. And as long as we're doing that, that's what matters. But then when the ego and, you know, the machine and just all of that manufactured stuff comes in and it creeps in and it kind of infiltrates what we know is real, which is the connection and, you know, why we started this it's so hard to pull yourself out of it. But I feel like when you and I talk kind of off the podcast, we can pull each other out of it pretty easily. And then you're like, oh yeah, no, no, we're good. We're good. We're, you know, we're so lucky to be able to do this for a living and connect with the people that we do. And, you know, in many ways, like, I I mean, I'm, I love social media and I'll always be so grateful for how it's, you know, changed my freaking life. But like, there's a lot of me that knows that, you know, we're kind of graduating to the next step with Doug the Pug. The foundation is a huge, you know, part of that, like being able to finally give back. And it's like, all of these things can be stepping stones, but social media can never go away from our jobs. So finding that balance, um, it's a journey. And, you know, I'm just glad that we can be open about it because, you know, I think a lot of people strive to have a certain number of followers or, you know, create a brand with social media. And it's not talked about like the realities behind it and how it can be toxic and it can be poor on our mental health. I mean, something that makes me feel like really gross and yucky inside. So Rob has... um we we have so many nieces and nephews and, you know, looking at that age group, you know, middle school and high school, all of those kids, popularity is completely based on how many followers you have. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and so if you think about you and I, we, when we were in middle school, we were like coding on MySpace. <laughs> yeah, we were like coding on MySpace and like didn't care about how many friends we had, but like top eight was obviously the most important thing in the world. That was like the drama starter. Um, 
But that wasn't, you know, a followers-based thing. Facebook was big in high school for both of us. It's not like celebrity-based. It's like in middle school, none of us were celebrities or like... No. No. There was this one girl who I went to high school with who was an actress on the side and did like some child acting. She was like the only like celebrity I knew. (laughs) And like no one else, like you can't... And now there's like a whole different world of celebrity because of social media. And I can't even imagine how hard that is being that age and having to go through that. The pressure. And it's just like, how, how are we going to, with the younger generation, support them and, you know help them realize that this is not everything. And as long as you can like follow, you can use social media as a tool to follow your passions and stuff. But if you're posting only for validation and for the approval of others, then it's, you're going to have this anxiety and depression. And man, um, have you heard of the group of kids? I don't know if we've talked about this before called the flip phone kids. Did we talk about that on a previous episode? Is that us? <laughs> I had a flip phone back in the day. Is it a no, current thing? These are current 14-year-olds. Oh, I love it's them like already. It's like an underground. I love them. They're like the current hipsters. And they refuse this is giving me to life. go. <laughs> they refuse to go on social media. They don't have any sort of digital footprint. And they use flip phones. Please like, let me sign up. <laughs> what, what kind of flip phone did you have? I had... Um, I never had a razor, which I was always jealous of my friends oh, who no, had that. No. I had kind of like a a like clunky silver one. I don't even remember the name. But my flex, my dad worked for AT&T when I was younger. Oh. Um, he still does, I think. I'm like, he's he's just worked there forever. But um, I got a BlackBerry when I was in uh, 10th grade. And Whoa. I thought I was like the coolest person ever because I had a BlackBerry. But meanwhile, I'm like, I don't need this. Like, <laughs> Boss bitch sending emails. <laughs> yeah, just like, excuse me. Just got to email my uh, my people. It's like, no, you're like literally 15. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I actually did have the pink razor. That was, oh, that was, that was the best one. Pretty, pretty exciting. And then I had like a, a Verizon what was it called? It was like touchscreen on the front, but then it flipped open to a keyboard. Oh, yes. That one was, was so like cool. Envy? I don't know. I also never had a sidekick, which I really wanted to. But... Oh, that was, wasn't that the one, like on Warped Tour? Everyone yeah, had a sidekick in, and it like big in the flipped emo open. Scene. <laughs> yep. Yes. I was always jealous, but it was T-Mobile only. Yeah, my parents exactly. would not switch <laughs> providers so that I could have, I'm very grateful that they didn't because that would have been really stupid. Oh my gosh. Well, that that's actually so wild that there's a, a flip phone movement. Um I feel like I do support that, but I wonder if these kids will ever feel FOMO or like left out or are they just so committed to their mission? I mean, I think I, there's, you know, I have a number of friends that are, have made the decision to be off of social media and I totally understand, you know, I'm like, by all means, do you. If it is not affecting you very well and, you know, getting off of it for a year, a few months, like, go on that cleanse. Like, we we should all be supportive of that. Um, but I've noticed that they aren't, like, I forget to text them with updates. I just assume that they'll see it online. I do and the then, same like, thing. Then they're like, oh, remember, like, you can send me things. I don't have – I'm not on stories or I'm not on Instagram. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, we have a whole different way of communicating with everybody now. Right? It's, it's like you don't even have to fill people in anymore because they just see it. Right. It's like and, a, it's like you're standing on a soapbox in the middle of Square being like, here's the news today. <laughs> like, that's Instagram. It's And it's crazy, too, how, like – the younger generation probably doesn't quite, I mean, their brains aren't fully developed until you're 25, right? Yeah. And so the things that they're putting out there, it's like it can be damaging to them in the future. And I'm so grateful that I did not have Instagram, even in my early days of college, I would have been a freaking idiot, like on my drunken nights out, you know? Well, there are Facebook albums for that. (laughs) (sighs) Man, I would go to frat parties. So crazy. But I mean, all of us to say, you know, obviously, I don't want it to ever come across that like, 
I am or we are not grateful for social media. It is like been the catalyst of the life that we have now. But there are these, you know, side effects that yeah. we're starting to get a better understanding of. And I think that's what I want to like we want to bring attention to more so than just like I I don't want it to come across as like screw Instagram and screw TikTok. Yeah, it's no. Like, it's it's more of just like it's a frustration especially, you know, when it is your livelihood. Um and also when it's not, when you're just a user of it. I think like the reason why we have this podcast and why we're able to do this and reach so many people is because social media. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason why we have our businesses is because of social media. There's definitely, I love it for that reason. I love that I've been able to completely change my career path because of it. That's amazing. Um, But I think with any job comes the struggles and social media hasn't been around enough or long enough to really know the long-term side effects. So I think that's what's kind of creeping out now as we get, Mm -hmm. you know, 10, 15 years down the line using it. Um, Or not even, I think Instagram started in 2011. But yeah, and TikTok was only... I mean, only became super popular like 2019 even. Yeah. Um, and I think we should talk a lot about TikTok because it's such a different platform and such a different algorithm, but it's almost even more dangerous because how accurate it is. And yeah. talking about the breadcrumbing, this is the definition of breadcrumbing. <laughs> Social, what, what should we call it? Like, algorithm breadcrumbing we got to like coin coin a term for this um but with tiktok how it works if you you know if you're just a there's there's a few different types of people on tiktok there's the person who has one who will never post a video who just wants to look at it which is like i wish i was like that but (laughs) i have my brand then there's the creator so someone who Mm -hmm. purposefully is on there to uh, have like a niche and a brand and create content that goes in line with that then there's the people who post and just randomly go viral out of nowhere. And then they have to keep up with that yes. new following. Mm-hmm. Um, because with TikTok, the way the algorithm works is it has a very complex system where, you know, if your video gets a certain amount of engagement in the first minute it's live, it gets pushed to a second group of more people. And then if it's interacted with then, it, it kind of exponentially grows until um, it just gets shown on a ton of different feeds. Uh, that's like my non-technical definition of it. Yeah, pretty um, accurate. Yeah, but it's it's interesting because it does allow people to go viral much, much easier than Instagram. So there's a whole new world of content creators now who started on TikTok in the past year and have had uh, amassed more followings than anyone on Instagram, you know? It's like overnight on TikTok, you can go from zero to a million. Yeah. And like that must be so overwhelming because at least for us, like, you know, we've been growing these brands since 2012 and 2013, 2014, early days of Instagram. We've had the time to create different revenue streams, to create kind of a community around our brand, to actually have a vision of a long-term plan for our businesses Whereas you go viral on TikTok overnight and it's just like all of a sudden you have these eyes and no plan. Right. And that's so stressful. Like I would hate that. (laughs) So I'll share an example. So our good friend, John Graziano, um, I've known Jonathan since like 2015. Um, He is the creator of the No Bones Day movement. Yeah, so John Graziano, we've known him and Noodle for years now, and we we would go see him and Noodle, and we'd go to New York City, and he has always been one of those people where I'm like, how are you not famous? Like, he is one of the wittiest, funniest freaking people, and I think he's done some stand-up comedy um, on the side of New York City, but just, you know. Did you meet has, him just through, like, the pug world? We met him in a really funny way, actually. So a guy I knew from college texted me this link when we were in New York City and he's like my friend I think this was what happened it was so long ago he was like a guy I work with started a change.org petition to meet Doug the Pug while you're in Nashville that's amazing. or sorry in New York and I go on this link and it's this whole like saga on how he ran down to see 
because I posted a photo of Doug in New York and it was right by his office building and he ran with all his might and we had left by that point. No. (laughs) I know I felt so bad, but we ended up meeting him later that day or something and he was like freaking amazing. I'm like, I love this human. And all of that to say, when John got a TikTok, his personality shone through shined shown through um and just was like wow like he gets tiktok so good at it whatever and then he started doing videos with his 13 year old pug noodle and every morning would test if he had bones or not and obviously they have gone extremely viral to the point where our local mexican restaurant has a sign outside that it's really popular here in Nashville. Every week they change it and it's like a current event. And oh my God. They they had it like say something like, it's a no bones day. You need a margarita. That is And I'm amazing. like, Jonathan, like, look, but he and I were texting. He's like, this has all happened so fast. I feel like I'm playing catch up. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And so he's scrambling to get things, you know, um, Uh, trademarked or you know merch out and all of these things and it's obviously a mixture of very beautiful exciting things but it's not to say that it doesn't come with a lot of stress and pressure totally and you have to think about like the nature of viral videos it's like they don't last forever Mm -hmm. yeah there's so much pressure when it comes to going viral and you also have to think about like all of those new eyes on you and they're expecting something next. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, back in October, um, the salmon rice went viral, you know, Emily Emily Mariko. Mm -hmm. And she made this video. I mean, probably everyone who's listening to this has seen this video in one way or another because it went fully so viral to the point where, you know, restaurants or uh, grocery stores were selling out of like um, seaweed to make this dish. Um, but then, you know, it doesn't last forever. And something like a viral moment, it's really stressful because you feel like you have to fully capitalize off it and make something out of it before it dims and before it dwindles. Mm-hmm. And with TikTok, that is what they're known for. They're known for one to two trends being worldly viral at one at a time, and then they fade into something else. And then it's the next thing. And then it's the next thing. Yeah. Whereas like if you create something that has longevity and you don't get those viral hits, but you have a consistent amount of people coming back every day. That's a lot more healthy for a, your mental health, but also for your business, you know, to Mm -hmm. create these long lasting relationships. And I will say for something like the no bones day bones day, I feel like that does have a sense of longevity because even just from like a marketing perspective, it's like there's calendars that can just be a flipped no bones day to bones day. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, it can be like a, it's like a horoscope. People can come back every day. But when it comes to cooking or something, that I feel like that could be such a harder thing to to keep up with because it's like, I don't know what recipe people want to see today. Like, or, you know, if they only want to see the salmon rice, that can be like really stressful because then, you know, it always comes to a point where when you're creating content and you go viral, at some point you're like, what if I don't want to post what I went viral for? What if I want to mm-hmm. post my real life or something that I find funny and endearing. And then that's when the cycle starts and, you know, it might not do as well as the thing that made you go viral and then you get down on yourself. But I mean, I definitely will say we had a similar thing happen to us with Doug the Pug, not on TikTok, but it was on um, Facebook. It, It kind of blew up overnight and we had the infrastructure in terms of like, the graphic design and stuff. I had all the pages like look really cool and professional. But when it came to the back end of the business and merch, it was like, oh my God. It was some of the most stressful days ever. So exciting, but also like really scary. Once you get those eyeballs on you, you're like, what do I do with this now? How do I not offend people? How am I going to, you know, what if this all goes away? Yeah, it's super stressful. And I feel like also with the nature of viral videos, like it definitely with this whole algorithm breadcrumbing, um, 
I think like the the crash from it is really intense. Like mm-hmm. you have this dopamine rush. It's like a serotonin pixie stick. We talked about this as Megan Trainer, like the pixie stick of like getting a number one single. You have that number one video. You're like on top of the world. You feel like, you know, this is your moment. But then when it fades, because everything fades, <laughs> believe mm-hmm. it or not, like nothing lasts forever. Everything is temporary. It's so hard to not let that affect you mentally because, you know, you can feel like, oh, was this my moment and I lost it and I'll never have a moment again. And that's not the case. You know, it's like I think the good thing about the viral, the ability for especially on TikTok for people to go viral is that this is giving a platform for so many people who would have not had a platform without TikTok. You know, it's giving normal people who don't have connections in the industry, who don't have like mom and dad, like paying for their way to get to the top, like no doors open for them. It like levels out the playing field. So it makes it really accessible to go viral. But that being said, it does, you know, it's just such a intense experience. Like I personally haven't really had anything go super viral. I had a cheese plate video that got 5 million views on TikTok Um, and even then, I mean, talking about eyes, there's always going to be negative comments. And my comments were flooded with people who were like, why aren't you using gloves? You're disgusting. Like all these comments about gloves, all these comments about how like I'm a Karen because I make cheese plates, like all this stuff. And I'm like, this isn't even me. This is a cheese plate. Like for people who go viral for themselves, that's a whole nother situation that must be so hard for mental health. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so wild to watch because it's such a rush and you like you root for them, you know, like there's this Mm -hmm. amazing um, makeup artist on TikTok. Her name is Michaela. And I started following her from Doug's account back early 2020. And at this point, she's already gotten to move to L.A. out of her hometown I think had a makeup palette come out and it's just like, it's kind of like the new YouTuber, right? Yeah. So it's like the the YouTubers, you know, a lot of them came from Vine, migrated to YouTube, and now their lives are completely different. Mm-hmm. And to see like the success stories with that is so inspiring and amazing. But I mean, I totally also agree that it's like, it's just there's a lot of stress because it's like, okay, what's next? What's the next platform? Or I don't know. We're 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 so expected to just be able to shift on a dime when it's like there's shift a new... with the shift with the updates mm-hmm. of the apps and the yeah, algorithm like, shifts. <laughs> there's no more swipe up on Instagram. It's like tap to click. And it's like, wait, what? Like there is no warning about this and the whole lingo is now different and I have to like mentally shift and, you know. Yeah, it's all about just being being adaptable. But then again, going back to like our original topic here of this like ever-changing algorithm and this machine that we have no control over, it's like kind of terrifying, like how much we are controlled. And then mm-hmm. this goes into like all my conspiracy theories of like the Illuminati and like how we live in the Matrix. I won't <laughs> fully go there right now. But it is like a little spooky. It's like a Black Mirror episode. It's like, what are they going to do next that changes this up to make us like have to, you know, pay more money to be able to push out content? And at the end of the day, it's like it's all about money and power. All the negative, toxic shit in the world goes back to money and power. Mm -hmm. And it's just the most frustrating thing. I have always been a fan of taking apple cider vinegar shots, but honestly shudder at the vinegar burn aftertaste. Fortunately, Paleo Valley has an apple cider vinegar complex. This supplement takes all of the healing properties of apple cider vinegar into your daily diet without that fuss of the vinegar burn in a simple pill. Apple cider vinegar has been shown to support with digestion, breaking down proteins for better absorption, improving blood sugar response to cravings, and more. Paleo Valley's apple cider vinegar complex is combined with turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, and lemon for other added benefits of digestion. As someone who's always surrounded by cheese and charcuterie, I have to find a way to balance out my diet and treat my body with care. Paleo Valley's products have been such a game changer for me to feel healthier day to day. 
Check out paleovalley.com slash diving in to get 15% off your first order. That's paleovalley.com slash diving in. In addition to the apple cider vinegar complex, they have so many other amazing supplements on their site. So check it out and let us know what you think. I remember when our former president said he was going to ban TikTok, the pure panic I felt, that memory just came up. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, this could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, and, that's the other and, thing that's crazy yeah, about but it. For, but for any platform, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, I mean, it's like we are so reliant on them, not even just as like content creators, but as consumers. Like, yeah. it is a really creepy feeling to think like, because Vine kind of just went away out of nowhere. I'm honestly not very well versed in why that happened. Um, But that was really, we had some friends that were huge on Vine and that was like devastating to them. And like I said, a lot of people migrated to YouTube, but I totally get why some people just would be like, no, like that was, you know, I had fun with Vine. I'm not going to suddenly start making 10 minute videos or vlogging. Um, So you know, trying not to get too attached to these platforms and having, you know, a presence outside of social media has been something we've re- really tried working on totally with Doug. But, you know, it, it's not to say that it's still not a very, like, scary thought. Yeah. And I feel like with a lot of our solo episodes, we like, it's like a full-blown vent sesh. And we're like, yeah. screw this. But we always end with ways that we can help <laughs> fix the problem. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> now that you've heard our mental dumps <laughs> about how much we hate working against a tireless machine, um, how can we create ways, healthy ways of coping with this? Because it's not going anywhere unless it gets deleted. Um, but social media is not going anywhere. If only it's it's only getting more complex as we venture into 2022. So what are ways in which we can, you know, you're, you are responsible for your own reactions and your own perception of things. How can we create boundaries and create healthy mental blocks or mental patterns to not get so sucked into this, mm-hmm. this algorithm? I mean, one of the things I've been working on recently is just physically not having my phone on me as much. Um, I have it charging in another room now at nighttime. um, And it's kind of eliminated that need to when I wake up in the morning, immediately check, you know, trending topics on Twitter or open Instagram or open TikTok. um, Because again, that's an immediate self-comparison with, oh, look who, you know, is in Bali right now while I have a rainy day. It's Mm -hmm. just like immediately starting your day comparing. Um, I know that the iPhone has those apps, like the the Screen Time app. Um, I always like, ignore Screen Time know, every time I, it pops up. It's like your Screen Time. I'm like, nope, ignore. Yeah, <laughs> I. It's like, do you want to? Yeah, no. But I was just gonna say that exact same thing. Like, I I've had it set. I don't know how many times, but it's like, is it really realistic for me to only be on Instagram 15 minutes a day? Um, well, no. It's your like if you think about a nine to five, Instagram is. You know, social media is part of our job. So it's like we can't realistically only be on it for 15 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, I think like definitely getting out into nature helps. Yes. <laughs> All of these episodes at the end, it's just like go into nature, nature. go on a Get walk, out of breathe city. air. <laughs> um, Unfollow people who don't make yeah, you happy. Exactly. But I think for me, what's really helped me is getting out of well, like, you know, limiting screen time in the sense of like when I am not working and I feel like I'm doom scrolling or just like, you know, you get to that point where you're just scrolling on Instagram or TikTok and you're like, mm, this isn't really I could be doing other things right now. Acknowledging when that happens and putting your phone down, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I like things like getting into nature or even the reason why I started making cheese plates in the first place was because it's a physical thing I can do with my hands. And when I'm cutting a cucumber, I can't be scrolling on Instagram at the same time. So trying right. to do these activities that make you feel present and rooted in that moment. I also think it's really important, you know, if any content creators are listening to this right now, um, it's important to talk to your peers. Like it's a very isolating job, especially if you don't have other content creating friends 
Um, but I've recently connected with a few of the people I've met on TikTok in person, and it just made me feel so much less alone by being able to talk to people about their personal experience with the algorithm and with how their posts are, um, you know, doing with engagement and whatnot, because a lot of the time, like I'm just in my apartment working by myself and I don't have coworkers to really vent to about this, uh, which is another reason why we want to do this podcast, because mm-hmm. it really does help when you can talk about this with other people and realize like, OK, it's not just me. My content doesn't suck. It's just this thing that I cannot control. Um, One other thing that really helps me is, like you said, getting out into nature and for me, you know, going outside and meditating and just getting as centered as possible. Cause I noticed, like you were saying, when you get to that point of scrolling and you're like, what am I doing? Where am I? It's kind of like <laughs> derealization. Um, you kind of feel buzzy and mm-hmm. you're like, what, what is real life? Because our phones are like a whole different portal. Like if we were it's to throw, our, <laughs> if we were to throw our phones away, it's like, we would just be living in the moment. Like we've been doing for thousands of years as but then um, like there goes my bank account there goes uber there right exactly grubhub there like we're so reliant on our phones it's actually psycho and so unhealthy insane oh my god about to have a mental breakdown (laughs) (laughs) i read this article recently on how psychologists are saying things like instagram and um like short form content i guess tiktok would be included it does the same thing to our brains that gambling in a slot machine does to our brains. You want more. Oh, I and I that. totally notice that. When yeah. I get a funny video and it's like that freaking, you immediately like it, you send it to 10 friends and it just makes you so happy and excited. And you're like, oh my God, I just found the best video. You will scroll until you find another one that gives you that same boost of serotonin. Yeah, And a lot of times that won't happen until the next day. But I found that fact to be really insane because if we think about, you know, gambling can become an addiction and our phones are definitely an addiction. And just being mindful of like setting it down, you know, not saying don't use it or look at it. I'm I'm not just going to not look at it. I'm I'm I want to be in the know and I love seeing the creativity that people put out there, but not yeah, doom doom scrolling, you said? Doom scrolling. Yeah. It's when you you're just scrolling and you're like, I know I shouldn't be doing this right now. It's not it's not nothing good is happening here. And yeah, it is it's so trippy to think about too, like how you enter your phone and you're in another dimension and it's like none of it's real because everything you see has been recorded already. It's like not real time unless it's like a live video. And then this just goes into like a meta like Whoa, conversation that not, is meant for another episode. I've never um, thought about that. <laughs> I think we need to do like a whole episode on like TikTok and like how crazy it is that literally there's been moments where I've been like on TikTok and then like a TikTok tarot reading will come up and it will like pull tarot cards that exactly describe my situation with like extreme detail. And I'm like, you guys must be reading my texts. There's no other way. You're reading my text. <laughs> a whole other episode we can do the other day. So Rob is a music producer and I was telling him how, oh, maybe you should like, he wants to start getting into mixing and that's something you kind of have to have some sort of like training on. I think so. And I was like, oh, you know, like maybe you could take some sort of online course for that or like we live in Nashville. There's got to be a school for like mixing that you can do like on the weekends or something. And an hour later he got an ad. Oh yeah. They're listening to us. <laughs> this We're going we're gonna to have another episode about oh, like the deep state. But for now <laughs> to end this lovely podcast of us having uh, existential crises about social media, <laughs> just remember that you are fighting against something that mm-hmm. is impossible to beat. So Keep focusing on you. What makes you feel happy, inspired, creative? Get off the screens. Get out into nature. And do not, please, please, please do not associate your self-worth with engagement as much as you want to. It's never worth it. Your likes are not your worth. And having millions of followers doesn't always come with 
joy and happiness. That's only exactly. you can find that. So social media can be an extremely beautiful thing. And it's started careers. It's started our careers. It's starting other friends' careers. It can, you know, make dreams come true. But um, it definitely comes with its, its uh, toxic traits. And I hope that some of you listening can relate to what we talked about and um, hopefully take some of these tips and apply them to your daily scrolling. Yes, be safe out there. If you guys have any comments or questions or want to chat, you can email us at info at divingin.community. You can find us on Instagram at divinginpod and our website is divingin.community. Bye. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Diving In. This show is a resonant media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is by Rob Schinelli. As always, if you liked this episode, please share us with your friends and family and give us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button to be reminded when a new episode comes out. If you have any questions for the show, our email is info at divingin.community. To stay up to date with all things Diving In, you can follow us on Instagram at divinginpod or visit us online by going to divingin.community. See you next time.